rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,459. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Sacramento, California, with a very special guest by the name of Annette Bauer. Annette, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's go. All right, we'll have some fun. You're used to being around that kind of thing, people releasing clutches very fast, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, I always break the ice with my guests by asking this question. What's one little thing that people don't know about you, Annette? Well, actually, most people don't know that I started my love affair with photography through drag racing. So um, I actually am a drag racer myself, and I've been racing since the mid-90s. And so I ended up picking up a camera through watching, you know, like when I was racing, I was always thinking like, gosh, this would be a really cool picture. This would be really cool to capture, but there was never anybody there to do that. And so when I wasn't racing, I picked up a camera, but it all started from me being a drag racer and I still have an active NHRA comp license today. Wow, how cool is that? Well, I love it. Filling a need that you see needs to be filled, which is all part of uh, working towards success. Now, I have to ask you, what kind of camera do you use? Because I used to shoot a lot of photography, and a few years ago, I got rid of all my Nikon equipment, and I've just been using my iPhone. But I really have thought about going digital, like with the Sony camera, and now, you know, of course, Nikon and uh, Canon and all the others are coming out with them. But what do you like to shoot with? So funny that you asked this because I actually just made a shift going into the 2024 year. Um, I have historically throughout my entire career in photography been a Nikon shooter. Uh, That is what I started with. That was what I absolutely loved shooting with. But the more that I progressed in my career and the team that I worked with and really just being a, a big fan of photography of all types, not just racing, not performance-based, not just automotive, but landscape, um, even some fashion stuff, but that's pretty limited, but really just photography as a whole. And it was one of those moves where I kept seeing like all these incredible images, but they were shot with Sony. And I talked to many people about, you know, like why they like Sony versus liking Nikon and or Canon, you know, whatever your preference is. And it just kept coming back to Sony. So I did lots and lots of research for many years before I pulled the trigger. And I just recently uh, shifted over to Sony. All right, cool. Now, the challenge with this, and I've been going through this for five years, is every year they come out with a new camera. And then you go, well, I'm glad I didn't buy one last year. And then you go, well, what's coming up next? And their innovation is rampant. And it's crazy expensive. I fortunately got into a really good deal with making my transition. Um, Sony had some really great offers for the holiday season. And it just all kind of aligned with me getting rid of my Nikon gear and then making that transition into getting, you know, Sony gear. So yeah, it's very expensive to do. And each time, like you said, there's something brand new, just like iPhone comes out with something brand new every year. But I think the biggest thing that I really like to, to take in is that learning 
the equipment that you have, right? So instead of being like, oh, I need the next latest and greatest, become very proficient in what you have and learn how to master that and see what kind of artistry, at least in my field, that you can come up with with that, right? Like, don't just jump to the next thing because, oh, it's the latest and greatest because just because the latest and greatest, you're still going to have to spend time to learn about it. Golden nugget you dropped there. And that works with cars and all sorts of things in life, right? <laughs> it's like mom used to say, be happy with what you have. Yes. <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah. So let me introduce you properly here. Annette Bauer is a seasoned photographer, marketing professional with a passion deeply rooted in the automotive and motorsports industry. With well over a decade of experience covering prestigious events such as California's biggest truck event, Truck Mania, California Bay Area's favorite grudge racer team, Bodie, no excuses, and Discovery Channel Street Outlaws, no prep kings. Annette has honed her craft. And she's got a new camera too. She has spent over 20 years in marketing as an active member of SEMA, SBN, SEMA, and PRI. Her craft captures moments, tells stories, and drives the motorsport industry forward. She's a co-host of the past Cars Yeah guest, Barry Alt from Motorhead Digital, on their new upcoming podcast that takes a deep dive into the heart of motorsports from different and refreshing angles. I look forward to hearing that. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. Buckle up. We're going to go for a fast ride with Annette. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take charge of your financial future? Then let me introduce you to Capitalize Your Finances. It's an online course designed to empower you with the knowledge and tools for mastering your money. This course will help you lay out the ins and outs of budgeting, the importance of emergency funds, investing strategies, and how to plan for a secure retirement. All this presented by financial planner Chris Paniotu. Chris has developed this course to help you effectively navigate your world of finance with confidence. Stop stressing about money and start taking control. Enroll in Capitalize Your Finance online course today and pave your way to financial success. To learn more, go to CapitalizePodcast.com slash courses or better yet, go to the Cars yeah! website show notes page for today's show and click on the link under Capitalize Your Finances. You'll be glad you did. Do it today. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Hey, guess what? Some of you regular listeners will remember back in 2019, I created uh, 10, 11 shows called Cars Yeah TV, where I went to some fabulous locations of past Cars Yeah guests, and we did a TV show about it. Well, they're up on the Cars Yeah YouTube channel. So go check it out at YouTube. Just type in Cars Yeah, and the shows will be there for you to enjoy. I hope you have fun watching. So, Annette, we are back. So I would love for you to walk us through a little bit of history here. What brought you to where you are Today, I mentioned you were heavily into marketing, evolved into photography. 
you're going to be a podcaster, a drag racer. I mean, you've got your hands on a lot of things. So take us on a little walk that brought you to where you are today. So my, my dad actually introduced me to cars. When I was a little girl, he used to give me anything that was within his reach that, you know, here, just go play with this kind of a thing while he was working on cars. So I used to do that all the time, you know, tinker around the garage with my dad. And then uh, I got big enough and old enough that I knew kind of where some of the tools went. And I managed to, according to my dad, strip every nut that I could find <laughs> on the vehicle that he was working with. I mean, it happened to be our vehicle, luckily, but I managed to strip every one of them. And he was like, okay, now I need to give you something productive to do. <laughs> yeah. Instead of creating more work for me, dear. Exactly. Exactly. So he, uh, you know, let me help him in the garage. You know, the typical thing, like here, hold the flashlight, very important job and various other things go get this tool go get that tool and as that you know progressed in my childhood at one point he said okay he said well now you've learned a lot you seem to grasp a lot he said so i'm going to give you something and if you can complete it and it works he's all then i'll actually teach you how to work on cars wow okay okay and so he gave me a lawnmower engine good start yeah and he said if you can take this completely apart and put it back together and it works, I will teach you how to work on cars. Nice. Did you do it? Yeah, I did. There you go. No <laughs> doubt. Every single day for, gosh, it was like probably a couple of months just trying to figure out, you know, like, and remember how I took it apart. That's, that's <laughs> the key is all those parts. And when you get it back together and there's that one screw or nut or bolt left and you go, uh-oh. Yeah. There wasn't any extras when I started this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. He started teaching me how to work on cars and um, I've just always had a love for cars in the automotive industry. And that didn't change as I, you know, got older and um, ended up actually meeting my husband at the racetrack. And so, you know, I've always been involved in the automotive industry in some you know, form or fashion. Now, I mentioned marketing. So what does that mean for you in your career? Because you did that for a long time. Yeah, I still do it. Still. Um, I've worked in the marketing industry. I, got my, I have my degree in marketing and uh, I've worked in the industry for over, tw well, gosh, I don't want to age myself, but... <laughs> Over 24 years now. Don't worry. You're looking pretty young from where I sit. So oh, thanks. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> and I initially started out just, you know, getting my feet wet and figuring out, is this something that I want to do? And it progressed into a career where I'm at now. And I actually work for a branding agency and uh, we help a lot of construction companies in our area which is really um, cool because it still keeps me in like a male dominated industry. So I still get that side of things and um, really just kind of honing in on those skills and helping businesses grow and, you know, understand where their marketing dollars can be spent and, you know, helping them with their social media and digital presence is a big thing that, that I take care of. And then always, even in what I do for the company I work for, always doing photography. So I go out and I do client shoots and I do job site shoots and headshots and all those good things. Um, but you know, like I, I try to keep it based around marketing and photography. Like that's again, how, when I started racing, I got 
photography involved in it, but I used my experience from marketing to help propel that. And I've been doing the photography thing for over 14 years. So you've discovered one of the secret sauces to life, and that is combine your passion for things into what you do as a living, which is what Cars Jazz is all about. But I have to ask about drag racing, because drag racing in and of itself is somewhat unique when you really think, you think, oh, a lot of people drag race. Well, when you look at the entire population, not really. I mean, it's a pretty specialized thing. And then being a woman in drag racing, and I've had several women on the show that are drag racers, is even more unique. So how did you get into that seat? Uh, actually, a person that I was a guy that I was dating at the time, he uh, was interested in racing his motorcycle, but he didn't had never been to a racetrack. And he wanted to go out and race on the street. And I was not a big fan of that Bad idea, especially on a motorcycle. Right. And I, I just wasn't a big fan of it because I'm a super logical thinker. Like I constantly think about like, well, if I do this, then that's going to be a potential happening. Right. Like I've always been that way since I had my kids. And so I just kept thinking, gosh, this is, this doesn't sound like a good idea. I said, why don't we go to the racetrack? I said, let's just, you know, see how you like it there. And we'll start there. And luckily he was open to hearing that. And so we did. And um, so that's really kind of how I got started in it is like my dad had taken me to a drag race, but I never actually did it myself. Right. And then when I got together with this uh, individual, we, you know, started racing with his motorcycle. Eventually I bought a motorcycle. And so motorcycles were actually the first thing I started drag racing. Oh my gosh, you are one brave lady. I'll tell you, <laughs> I, you know, I rode motorcycles a lot growing up, dirt bikes and things like that. And then got back into it with street bikes later on. But I raced vintage cars, but the idea of drag racing on a bike, oh my gosh, wow. We're not the first person to say that. And actually, the funniest part about that is like, I have lots of people say, wow, like, you know, that's such a crazy thing to, to race a motorcycle. And I'm thinking, well, in my experience, I would rather be able to get away from a bad situation, which you can do on a motorcycle versus if you're in a car and you're strapped in a cage, you are on, you're along for the ride. Like what you're just going. So I, you know, two different perspectives, different experiences, but I loved it. I, that's actually, again, how I met my husband and uh, he was a motorcycle racer. And so I raced for several years on a motorcycle and then moved up to, you know, different things and. Wow. Very, very cool. Let's talk a little bit about your alliance here with Barry because he was a guest on the show just a few weeks ago and you guys are going to do this podcast together. So give me your perspective because you're going to bring a completely, I like the idea of the co-host thing and a different perspective, not only being a different person, but being a woman. Absolutely. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I'm really excited about with doing this is one, he's an incredible guy. I love what he does. He's got so much passion for the industry, which I appreciate. And um, he's in my niche, right? He's in my market of like, he does social media, and he does marketing and all those things that really, you know, pertain to the automotive industry, which I love. My perspective of it is I'm bringing aside that a exactly what you said, like I'm a woman, and I want to see more women get involved in the auto, you know, automotive and motorsports industries, the more that we can have yay for us and not that's not like an equality thing. That's just a don't let any Anybody tell you you can't achieve something. If that was something that you're truly interested in, I don't care what it is, go for it. I have this like inside feeling that like when guys are growing up, like they somehow are just born with the knowledge of cars. I have literally don't think I've met too many men who don't have 
car knowledge uh, to some, you know, point. And so I'm convinced that you guys are born with this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I've I've talked to people about this. I've been a car nut since I was crazy little. There's a picture my mom gave me when I was about two in a Garten Cadillac pedal car, metal pedal car that was her brother's. And he gave that to me. And I've always wondered if that was the point. (laughs) You know, although when I was five, my dad bought an old MGTC. And I still remember the smells riding in that car and just the sounds. And, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, there was another element. My dad was never really a, a wrencher or anything like that. But he loved cars when he was young. And one of my prized possessions is a uh, Fisher Bodies back in the 40s used to do a competition around the country for high school kids. And they'd give you a block of balsa wood and you would design and carve a car and present it and you would win prizes. And he won, I think it was an honorable mention, something like that. And I still have that thing. And it's my prized possession. I lost my dad about seven years ago, but it's my prized possession of my dad. And so I, I don't know, you know. Maybe it's true, but I think it's more environmental is what I think. And maybe boys have more opportunities because of dads and sons. And they think, okay, the girls aren't going to be interested. Believe me, I tried to convince my daughter to be a car girl. It didn't work, but I tried. Just ask her. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, different for everybody, right? Like there are some women that are just naturally drawn to it. Most of the times it's because their fathers got them involved in it or grandparents or, you know, somebody like that. So I a hundred percent agree with you. It's just, I always think it's like the most hilarious thing because especially, you know, like all my friends, all the guys that I really hang out with, they just all seem to know so much. And I feel like it's in, they seem to know it naturally. Whereas I like, I literally had to put effort into it. Like, remember this, remember what these are, remember what they do, remember how it works, like all these things. Right. And guys just tend to really naturally remember that. And I've met several women who are seemingly just like that, which I am so in awe of. So yeah, there's a, there's just like that natural thing where I'm like, huh, I just think that if you're a woman and you have the chance to get involved in the automotive industry and that's really what lights your fire, like go after it. Let's go. I'm all for it. Well, some of this, there's a saying that says you are the culmination of the top five people you spend most of your time with. So if you're hanging around with people that like cars, guys hanging around with guys like cars, there you go. And maybe there isn't that there wasn't, I think there's more now of women or girls to hang around with girls that like cars because it maybe just didn't quite exist. But I've had over 400 women on this show that are inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and you've added to that alumni. So I love it. Or alumna. Is that how you say it? Alumna? Yeah. Alumni, alumna. Anyway, you're part of the team. Cars, yeah. You know, you mentioned your father. I always like to ask about a driving inspiration, a person that's a mentor or an influencer in your life that you feel has really helped steer you down the path that you're in. Obviously, holding the flashlight, stripping fasteners, uh, putting a, an engine together in the lawnmower, and you can still mow the lawn. That was a big influence. But was your father a key one or is there somebody else in your life? He was an like early, you know, like early influence for sure. I mean, I never have been the girl was like, Oh, I want to go shopping. And, you know, I want to get a bunch of clothes. And I like, I never been that girl. I was always the one who was outside playing in the dirt, playing with my cars, playing like my Barbies and my GI Joes were friends. And <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> you know, like, I was always that girl, but I would have to say like, honestly, the biggest person who is not only an influence for me, but plays a major role in my life is my husband. 
He is by far my unwavering support. He has taught me an incredible amount about the automotive industry and more specifically motorsports um, in a performance perspective. And he's always behind me 100%. Like, you know, he's certain to say, like, if I have some kind of crazy idea, he's the first person to say, like, okay, hold on, let's just dial it back a little bit. (laughs) He's taught me how to be a better communicator and how to kind of see things from like a bunch of different perspectives, not just my side of things. As far as like somebody who is just industry specific, I would have to say one of the people that I really admire is uh, Stevie Fast Jackson. He is a powerhouse of knowledge in the racing industry. And if I could have a tenth of the knowledge that that man has, <laughs> I'd buy a happy woman. <laughs> well, there you go. Just hang around with him enough and you will, you know, <laughs> just keep it. You're a good listener. So keep absorbing, keep absorbing. So very fortunate to have a partner in life, too, that uh, is supportive in that way. Uh, you always think that isn't everybody like that. I have a, a wife like that. We've been married almost 40 years. and But I have friends that. Mm, not so much. So the crazy part is, is that we have a bunch of friends, like especially from the racetrack, who, you know, like people that we hear, they're like, "Oh, I come to the racetrack to get away from my spouse." Oh, or, God, yeah, why are you married then? Like, right. if you don't like hanging out with your spouse, find somebody else to be with. I don't know. Yeah, there's something wrong with this picture here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's talk a little bit about challenges because challenges are part of life. However, it's how you face them and deal with them. And I've always thought. I never say, whenever someone says I have a problem, no, you just have a challenge. Change your mindset on what that is. And challenges teach us things. And I always say, if you're not failing, you're not trying things you've never done before. And getting your mind wrapped around that is hard for some people. Can you talk about a challenge that you've had that you can look back on and go, wow, what a great learning lesson? Gosh, you know what? I've faced many different things in my life, many different challenges. So to say that I have one, I probably honestly couldn't pinpoint that. I would say like my biggest challenge has been just as a whole, right? And I'm not saying anything negative, just life, right? Life throws everything at you when you least expect it. And learning how to roll with it, learning how to recover, learning how to um, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep going. Like that has been something that I've had to, to do my entire life. So I've taken those lessons from each of those experiences to become the person that I am today. I'm extremely driven. Um, I'm very determined and to a fault sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Persistent bulldoggedness, as I call yeah. it. Yes, 100%. Um, so I think that all of those things have, have um, turned me into a better version of myself. Well, it's great. And I think you said, you know, learn to deal with it. It is part of life, except that that is just a part of life. I, I hear people, why does this always happen to me? And I'm like, well, maybe you're not thinking about it the right way. Maybe you're lucky. <laughs> you're getting taught lots of lessons all the time. Let's. I've always thought the school system doesn't approach tests the right way. They They focus on what you've got wrong versus what you can still learn. Just that twist in a child's mind could be really, really exceptional and steer them down a path they never dreamed they could go down. Oh, absolutely. And I think that if they spent a little bit more time, this is doesn't just, you know, silo to the to the education system, but also at home, if families and parents would spend a little bit more time teaching their kids how to see the positive in things instead of focusing on the negative or, you know, we hear that a lot in the news already. We don't need to also yeah. <laughs> 
of our family when we're at home. Yeah, I love that saying, uh, allow your kids to do dangerous things carefully. Yes, absolutely. Explore stuff. <laughs> sure, climb that tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, funny story, I actually did that when I was a kid. We used to live out on 40 acres, and um, we had huge pine trees around our home. And so when I was a little kid, like I'd mentioned, I was always outside. Well, I climbed one of those pine trees and got stuck. Like I was super high up there. And uh, luckily, my dad had construction equipment. So he had to go get one of our loaders to come get me down. Like that's how high I had crawled. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Well, better than calling the fire department. For sure. But you know, that's the, th isn't it funny? Going up is always so easy. Coming back down is the same with hiking. You can hike up a mountain, you go, oh, see, and then you turn around and look down and go, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? It's easy to, to escalate where you're going. Like you, you have the right aspirations, but when something goes wrong and it's downhill, it's really hard to accept and a lot of times really hard to deal with. Yeah, I think that's why people in the sports industry, racing, acting, uh, they have a real big challenge because when they rise to the top, they think they're going to be there all the time. And that typically isn't the case. And then they have a real probably why you see a lot of people get into drugs and alcohol and depression in that industry because you, such a high, high. Same with racing. And then the next year you're at the back of the pack. It's very, yeah. very challenging to accept. So. Yeah, very cool. How about bucket list? Because we're at the beginning of the year here. It's all about, you know, new things. And you've got this new podcast you're diving into. What does your bucket list for this year look like? Oh, wow. Well, last year, I had the opportunity to uh, work for a company, Radical Speed. And uh, that's what actually led me to being able to cover a lot of the Street Outlaws No Prep Kings events. Um, so I was hired to go do photography for them, which was incredible. We've raced in the series before, so I knew all of the drivers. I knew all the cars. It was just a matter of being there. So that was a really cool, fun thing to do. Um, but what it led me to do in really open my eyes to is that I would really love to be able to incorporate more travel photography into my business. I love traveling. I love meeting new people. I love sharing the world of drag racing with, you know, like everybody who isn't familiar with it. And it is a 100% a you know, black and white sport. You either love it or you don't. Like there is no gray area with it. And I think that there's a lot of people who fear it because they don't understand it. And there's a lot of younger generation who want to get involved in automotive, especially you see them building their cars, modifying them. That's fantastic. It's an expression of who they are, but give them a safe, productive place to do that. And so I think that, you know, bucket list wise, I would love to do more traveling. I would love to share more about the drag racing scene on a global scale. I'd love to actually transition my business into a consulting type of a business where I help other companies and teams understand the value of photography and how that can um, change their business, right? It can make a big impact on what is the perception of either how good they are or how big they are or how reliable or trustworthy they are. I think that a lot of companies now think, well, you know, I got a cell phone. I can just take a couple of pictures. It really doesn't matter. I can use stock photography or, you know, whatnot. But the reality behind it is, is that stock photography isn't you. It isn't your business. It doesn't say anything about your brand. But professional photography 
can collaborate with you and figure out, you know, how do you want to communicate that message to your clients? How do you want to attract your ideal client? And let's talk about ways to be able to capture that. You know, that's so important. Decades ago, when I was working in advertising, the idea of desktop publishing came along. And all of a sudden, all of our clients thought that they could have their receptionist be the new artist. <laughs> Nothing against a receptionist, but no training, no knowledge. We were a professional design firm, advertising, graphic design, and advertising. And so we, we were losing clients because they were, oh, well, we can just do this here at our office and print it off on some cheap paper. And, you know, and I see that when the iPhones came out and the, the photo device on phones, all of a sudden, I feel like that the perception of what a great photographer or photograph was dumbed down by mm -hmm. all these the proliferation of imagery. And for you and I who have an eye, are into photography, we have a creative mind, we understand the marketing aspect of an image, you know, everything about it. Yeah. And I see that with even guests that send me pictures and I go, that's the best picture you have of yourself <laughs> like at a party with half someone's head, you know? You, know? you cut somebody out of it. <laughs> yeah. And I even have a good friend who I went to, I used to grow up with him. We were surfing together and I've reconnected with him. He's a, a physician, a surgeon, oh, nice. but he loves photography. So he, so when he retires, he wants to do more photography. And so he's created a, a place in his home where he does headshots, professional headshots for people for professional imagery, not oh. only on their LinkedIn page, but other uses. And he's taught people the importance of that because we all see terrible headshots of people and you go, that's really the best you can do. I mean, right. just give somebody an iPhone, have them stand back, put it on portrait mode. That'll be better than what you did with your selfie. You oh know? My, right. Yeah. So you, you touched on a couple of things that are key to me that go back to my history. And I think pretty quickly those, those clients we had learned that, yeah, maybe Sally at the front desk isn't really the best at this. Can't write the the best copy. Doesn't know how to take pictures. Can't do a design layout. Right. Um, you know. So yeah, I think that's that's a, a key part of it. I want to talk about special vehicles in your life. One in particular that stands out that has a great memory for you. Gosh, I don't actually don't know that I have a special vehicle that that. I mean, I guess I, I yes, I guess I do. Yeah, everybody does. Everybody. Does. <laughs> yeah. So after I uh, raced motorcycles. My husband, um, some really good friends of ours, they had a junior comp car. So do you know what that is? I do. Yeah. So, um, their daughters had been racing that and my husband had been helping them, you know, to, to tune and run the car. And so they're, all the daughters were kind of in a transitional period where they either were still in junior dragsters or they had kind of moved on from racing for a little bit. So the car just sat and my husband asked them, well, Hey, do you mind if, you know, me and my wife kind of play around with it for a bit? And they're like, yeah, no, absolutely. Go for it. So, um, we did that. So I drove a junior comp car, but not in an HRA trim. Okay. So we actually put nitrous on it and we ran the full quarter mile on it or with it. And we got down to running eight twenties in the quarter. Wow. I was running consistently around one sixty-eight ish. And, uh, we had kind of petitioned a local association in our region say like, Hey, you know, we we're just looking for a place to race. Like we just want a place to run all out quarter mile. I didn't want to be handicapped. And, uh, they ended up, sorry, my dogs are waking up. I heard some ears flapping there. <laughs> 
they ended up saying, you know, after we petitioned them and explained where our situation was, they were like, well, you know, we're kind of a door car, you know, um, association, but we'll make the exception and, you know, we'll, we'll let you in. So that is definitely the car that has really, I guess, transformed my racing because it changed my decision to go from, hey, I'm going to race a motorcycle to racing a car. And it taught me a lot about being a driver. Yeah, no doubt. For you listeners out there, you can Google that junior comp car, but it's basically a smaller version of a rear engine dragster uh, that people moving up through the ranks learn how to drive, right? Uh, and you mentioned uh, friends, daughters racing them. So I've had many people on the show that their kids or they, and when they were kids, that was part of their uh, transfer of next car, next car, next car to learn about that, the speed and all that. So yeah, they look like it's absolutely a great tool. Like I love watching the kids who are now changing, you know, like watching them go from a junior dragster to a junior comp car to a much bigger car, whatever way they go. I absolutely love watching that progression, but I can tell you personally from my experience, like they're an incredible car to learn. And like you physically learn how to feel what is happening in the car and on the road, you know, like on the track beneath you, like it's, it's an incredible tool. Kind of like the legends in track cars, you know, that, that transfer into that type of a vehicle, go-karts and some kids go into legend cars and then go up from there. So I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here and be a car psychologist. If you were manifest, reincarnated as a vehicle, interesting thought. Not what you want to be though, how you perceive the lady in the mirror, who you really are deep down inside. What would you be, but more importantly, why? A 69 Camaro. Oh, that was quick. Yep. <laughs> and why is that? great car by the way uh, yeah uh it's an iconic car and that's actually part of the reason right it's um iconic it's uh, synonymous with power and uh it transcends generations right it's yeah. we still see tons and tons of camaros that are being built for racing even today right it's an extremely aerodynamic car um and it has a lot of different ways that you can configure it for obviously for performance right so that's a big thing for me and um, it's sexy so i uh, definitely a 69 camaro <laughs> i love it well i learned or i got my driver's license in a 74 camaro because when i turned 16 uh, the neighbor up the street was a gm at a chevy dealership city chevrolet got to say that carefully or you say the wrong thing city <laughs> chevrolet yeah don't want to say it the other way and he was so, mike brown and he was just the nicest guy. And he said, hey, Mark, I know you're about to get your license. How about if I bring you a car for you to have a little fun? We'll do some driving with me in the car, and then you can go get your. So 74 Camaro, uh, bright yellow. And when I pulled up to get my license, the, the guy came out with his clipboard, looked over the edge of his glasses like, what? And he gets in the car, and he goes, is this your car, kid? And, of course, you're super nervous, you know. You know, am I going to do the, you know, the, everything right? And am I going to park well and I said, no, sir, my neighbor loaned me this car. And he said, if I pass today, I can drive it for a week. And he goes, well, you better pass then. Uh. <laughs> and I did. But yeah, I was certainly nervous. So I got to drive that car to school for a week. I uh, sure hated giving that back. But maybe he thought for some reason, which wasn't going to happen, my parents were going to buy that for me. Right. That wasn't going to happen. But uh, <laughs> probably a good thing it didn't. Yeah, I probably drove that a little too fast a few times. But uh, thank you, Mike Brown, for that. Very cool. Yeah, fun stuff. How about a great book? I love to share books here because books teach us so many cool things. Is there a book you'd like to share? Um, I am a big fan of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ka Kawasaki? No, am I saying that wrong? Because Robert? 
I always say his last name wrong. Yeah, I can't remember how it's <laughs> yeah. pronounced. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that people today don't really understand about in the financial world, but how to really apply it and understand it. And I feel like the book helps break it down in a way that people can relate to it. You know, they can understand and um, apply it to their life. Yeah. Awesome book. I gave that book to my kids. You know, of late, I've not been very happy with Robert Kiyosaki's YouTube stuff. He seems to be drawn this really negative path, you know, and I know it's easy to be negative these days. It's always it's been always been easy to be negative throughout history. If you go back and learn history. Right. Uh, So I kind of don't like the fact that he's going down this because that book was such a clear, concise way to be successful financially and in return, happy in life doing some things that you have control over, right? Uh, 100%. I agree with you. I couldn't have said any better. So let's go on the ultimate drive today before I let you go. I'm a bit of an enabler, like Mike Brown was with that Camaro for me. I remember Mm -hmm. that car. Yellow and had some black stripes on the hood. Yeah, that was pretty pretty cool. (laughs) So if I parked anything in your garage, you can take it anywhere. But here's the key. You can take anyone with you, including somebody from the past that's no longer with us, which opens up a wide variety of co-pilots or drivers if you want them to drive. What does the ultimate drive look like for you? You know, I don't really have a car in particular that I would drive. I think it'd be what would be more important to me was the person who was with me. And that would be my mom. My mom passed away when I was 23. Oh, I'm sorry. So there's been a lot of things that I think um, I've had to learn on my own that I've had to overcome by myself, including raising two kids. And I didn't have, you know, that ability to pick up the phone and say, hey, what do I do here? You know, what do I do next? Or, you know, anything like that. So I think really having an opportunity to kind of relive and go through some of the things I've had to deal with in life, but have her there to kind of talk through with those things. That would be nice. So does that mean I get to pick the car? Sure, go for it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I'm sitting there, I was, I, I shouldn't have even said that because now I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, I, I, here's the th- deal. I think I could see you wanting to be in a very, I mean, that that 69 Camaro would be a great example. But if you're going to be with your mom and you're going to be talking with your mom, I think you need something more like a grand touring car that's quiet, comfortable, fast, of course, mm-hmm. but enjoyable. So mm-hmm. maybe, um, you know, maybe I put you in something like a, uh, no, it's got to be something cool and fast, I think. <laughs> I'm going to put you in a 911 Porsche because I love Porsche 911s. They can be comfortable. They're not so loud. They're annoying. You can still talk with mom. You know, I've, I've taken my mom and rides in many of the 911s I've had. So I know how that works. So I love it. Then. You like that? Okay. Cool. I do. Awesome. A great selection. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. So you've taken us on a wonderful ride today. And uh, Barry said you would. He did not lie. So Barry, thank you very much for connecting me with your your uh, partner here in uh, podcasting. I can't wait for you guys to have that up and going. I know that's coming the first quarter. Could you leave us with some parting words of wisdom or advice? I think probably the biggest piece of advice I would give is, again, kind of what I said, if you've got a passion, pursue it. And I am a huge advocate for if you keep coming back to something, there's a reason why. So don't don't let that fall silent as to, you know, what you decide you want to do in your future and understand that there is a huge difference between what you decide to do that earns you money, that that makes you a living, that, you know, pays the bills, put food on the table and something that you truly love doing like a hobby or whatnot if that hobby seems to be something that 
over overwhelmingly kind of rules your life, maybe look into ways that you can make that be in your living because there's a reason. That's what Cars Yeah is all about, figuring that out. How can people learn more about you, Annette? Ah, fantastic. Actually, Annette Bauer Creative, anywhere. AnnetteBauerCreative.com, on Instagram, Facebook, even on TikTok. So, yeah. All over the place. Easy to find. I'll put links on Annette's show notes page at the Cars Yeah website. So if you're out there riding, walking, driving, whatever you're doing today as you're listening to the show, you can find her. But that's easy to remember, Annette Bauer Creative. Very cool. Annette, thanks for spending time with me today. This was so fun. I want to thank you for sharing your experiences, uh, your great attitude, and look forward to hearing the podcast coming up this year. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road or at the drag races. Thank you so much. I had a great time. You're welcome. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, It's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Cars Yeah.